Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, stand with Shesty. Follow the bread man and know how to spell Capo Caco. Then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right. But you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby! Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. KD! KD! How you be, buddy? You know, I'm just, uh, you know, real upset to see, you know, us, you know, so divided these last couple of days, and especially yesterday, you know, over what we think is going to happen at the arbitration hearing. Exactly. For my my boy Ryan Strong. So it's been a little upsetting has to, get to see together. the divisiveness <laughs> <laughs> on social media. But I think we'll get through it. I think we'll, you know, come up with a nice little contract for my guy Strom and uh, and it'll work out for everybody. Choose a side. <laughs> you're either with the Rangers or you're with Strom. 5.7 <laughs> mil or 3.5 or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> oh, how you doing, buddy? How you feeling, man? All right? Good, man. Good. We're, we're still alive today. To, you know, the country didn't blow up yet, so. I Not think, yet, you know, yes. Things could, it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> it sure could. Well, here we are, buddy. Episode number 44 or the Lindy Ruff episode, you might call it. That's the old number he nice. wore with. And, he, with the, and even more important, six in a row. Six. Six in a row. The Doug, Doug List, Lidster, six <laughs> in a row. Jerry Seinfeld lookalike Doug Lister. Love it. Those old famous strangers who played for our Rangers with every episode Key that we go forward to the with. 1994 Stanley Cup, Doug Lister. Crazy. Crazy. He was uh, like a lifetime. He was, he was like the man. Like a lifetime cog. ago. <laughs> yeah, I what's going to be next a lifetime. year? Uh, Sammy doesn't lie, baby. He doesn't lie. That I wish he would have lied. That's right. <laughs> and this one will only be a couple of seasons, and then we'll win it again soon. I know. It, you think you would have had the foresight to say that? And we got to wait another forty years. Oh well. We might have to wait another four years for a season to start. Boy, things are going. I mean, uh, the uh, I guess we could we could start there tonight. We might as well. We obviously got some storylines here with the Rangers, and it's obviously based around arbitration and everything else and guys that we've touched on the last couple episodes. But um, I don't know if you got a chance to read uh, Greg Wyszynski's column there. He kind of had an update on on where everything was going and the projections. And we've already heard about the cancellation of the Winter Classic and uh, the All-Star Game and um, the Stadium Series games and everything else. And they're still hoping for, you know, maybe a, a January start, January 1 or everything else like that. But uh, I, I don't know if, uh, you know, 
you know, we're hitting November here, first week of November, and I know they've, uh, I think uh, they've opened the um, guys can go for voluntary skates. I believe I've heard, but um, everything in in that article okay. uh, went back and forth with everything, even to the point where supposedly or allegedly, even some owners were thinking maybe it just scrapping next season because of the losses. So when you hear something like that, you're like, geez. But, you, you know, you got to figure Bettman and Daly aren't going that route. They want a season next year one way or the other. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, the when they came back from the season being canceled due to the COVID, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better. I mean, we've talked about it on the show a number of times. Um, you know, the success and uh, that they have and they came back to – to get through that playing round, go through the, every round, and, and crown an actual Stanley Cup champ shows, you know, it can be done. You're seeing, and in the other sports, I mean, baseball was able to do it in their own stadiums. There were issues along the way where they had to shut some teams down. Um, so you have to make sure if you're going to do it that way that you do have contingency plans, you know, in place where you're giving yourself some extra time for makeup games or whatever you have to do or to shut a team down for a week or so. So there, there still has to be a lot of planning involved. And the NFL is showing they could do it, too. Again, they're running into it week to week where there's uh, teams. It seems virtually every weekend another team is going down or has players. But, you know, they're getting through it. So you can get it done. Uh, but you just have to plan accordingly. And, and it, I, I know the NHL can do it because they've done it already. So, um, you know, I feel good that they're going to have uh, another season whenever it's going to start in January. I didn't read the article, um, so I, I really can't talk too much to it. Did Wyshynski say there's no winter classic or anything, or is that was that somewhere else? No, that's that's official. That was announced by the league. There's no winter classic. Uh, there's no all-star game. And I believe Minnesota was supposed to – no, Minnesota, Minnesota, I believe, was hosting the winter classic. Yeah. I believe Florida – so some other team is supposed to have the stadium series. No, uh, uh, Carolina. See, I, I apologize. That, it was Carolina. I think that's a mistake. Go ahead, Pat. I was going to say, I think that's a mistake. You know, I, I think that they should come back and start the season with the Winter Classic. Like, shouldn't that be how you do it? I mean, you're outside. I mean, that seems like the perfect place you want to be in this COVID world is not inside. You want to be outside. And you celebrate the start of the season, this new season, um, with, with the winter classic, I, I think that would have been a perfect way to go. Yeah. I, I have to believe, you know, because it's, there's reports coming out now from like the NBA, uh, owners, baseball, they're losing their shirts. You know what I'm saying? Obviously with no fans in the stands and everything else. So, you know, they, they did it to, to get these championships, I guess one, you know, to hand out trophies and everything else. And, and, um, you know, they, you know, they pretty much, especially, Basketball and hockey, at least they got whatever it was, 60, 70 games in. So they got 60, 70 games of gate, you know, uh, this year. And then they, you know, they capped it off there with the TV ratings, whatever they got, advertising and everything else, doing the tournaments. Um, you know, baseball too, obviously, you know, uh, as far as TV ratings and their deals and everything else. But now going forward, I don't think it's uh, it's as easy when you're, you're talking about putting big events on where you're not going to have the gate. So what does it cost them to run – you know, the um, the Winter Classic. And are they going to make any money off it, especially when there's only two teams involved? And let's put it this way. Let's be honest with you. The ratings for the Winter Classic haven't been, you know, through the roof 
uh, every year consistently. You're also dealing with the weather aspect. You don't have the the rest of the full season, the gate and everything else to cover, you know, if it, it is delayed or postponed or it becomes a mess or something like that. So it just probably didn't make any sense for them to take the risk on it. Dude, you're dragging me down right now. Uh, you like, asked me a question. You here. asked me what a question. Come on. You asked me a question. Let's go. We can get it done. You're doing it in the stadium. I'm watching football well, maybe games. They got people in the stands. Well, you can do it socially distant. If you're out in a big stadium, you're outside. You're not going to have a huge gate, but you can bring people in. They got to get creative to get different uh, revenue streams coming in. I mean, it, it's <laughs> difficult. It's a tough time. They'll Don't do just the craft hockey up. thing. You know, the get craft creative. hockey. Creative. Do the craft hockey thing when they have like 1,500, like one of those small arenas. You know, and they have the two teams come in like that. No, I have to believe that's it, man. They're, they're cutting costs. They got no more money. I was also reading in the article as far as, uh, you know, when and how the guys are getting paid. You know, they're not getting full paychecks. You know, there's so much going on here that I think a lot of us, you know, don't realize. Yeah, us as fans, see, it's terrible now, right, KD? Like, we didn't have it for three months. Now we got it. We got baseball. We got NBA. We got the tournament, the Stanley Cup, all that stuff. Well, they just got to keep doing this, man. Just keep putting these guys in bubbles and, and uh, you know, quarantine them here and those and so we can all sit around and be selfish and watch our sports teams play. Give it to a give it to and, and and no matter what it costs to the league, I mean, Everybody's in the business to make money, man. If they can't, if they can't make money off the Winter Classic and the All Star Game, and again, those are not big TV rating events for the NHL. And if you're in a COVID, uh, you know, stance right now, uh, and you're not even going to get the gate, and you know barely anybody's going to watch, they're not going to do it. And I know what you're talking about with uh, fans and stuff, but. You know, the Winter Classic, yeah, maybe you could pull it off with uh, the social distancing like they're doing in outdoor uh, places like MLB, uh, you know, stadiums and football stadiums. different. You know, they, they can't do the All-Star game. I don't even – I don't even think – I just saw some – I saw a documentary, saw some reports, and the reason I'm commenting on this too is because I'm in the music industry too and as far as concerts and everything in terms of how this thing, you know, is, is spread in the air. So if, if there's one guy standing on a stage singing, but there's 20,000 people in Madison Square Garden singing along, that's the problem. Same thing if you go see a Rangers game and you get 20,000 people in there, you know, cheering and screaming and yelling, especially like New York Ranger fans do, uh, they, can't, they can't do that. So this is going to be But what tricky. if they're wearing masks? <laughs> yeah. They're wearing masks inside. Yeah, well, like, like I mean, look, I'm not a doctor, so everybody can take this with a grain of salt. I mean, how do you, you police people, that, KD? How do you police, let's say, the, ten thousand people in a twenty thousand seat arena? The the same way they're policing it, like in Disney World. I mean, you have that many people walking around. They got people yelling at them, saying, "Look, we're gonna but kick you out." They're losing so much money, though. They're not making money. I'm just, uh, but what, what's the alternative at this point? The alternative is shut it down. Shut it down. I mean, I guess. I mean, look, none of these are e- none of these are easy decisions that anybody is making. And you know, not to get outside of our little like hockey bubble that that we're talking about, but this is a, obviously a problem that a lot of businesses are dealing with. Is like, how long can some of these businesses or industries hang on? You know, and pay employees. And you know, it, you assume at some point. You know, they're going to have to have massive layoffs. Uh, and again, not talking about hockey or cutting back this or shutting down that. So, yeah, man, I get it. I mean, if you're not making money, how, how can you 
pay employees to you know work in the arena in the concessions or buy concessions or pay your players or equipment people or planes and this and that. I, look, I get it. I mean, if they're not making money, eventually, you know, it's going to dry up. I mean, not that the owners, these guys have so much money, it's not going to dry up. But yeah, at some point, you know, these guys are businessmen. When do you look at it and say, yeah, it's not even worth it for me anymore? Yeah, I mean, that's, this is. No, this I get is- it. This is what's swinging around now, right? So seven, eight months in or whatever, how many months we're into it right now. And, again, like I said, we got through, um, you know, uh, these tournaments that were, were were played out. And, you know, football is, I mean, college football is a nightmare, you know, with just teams, cancellations, reschedules, all that other stuff. I mean, football itself, the league itself is just, it's just lousy quality. And then, um you know, that's going to end everyone in everyone keeps getting hurt. <laughs> well. My fantasy team is a mess. <laughs> anyway. that, that's what's important in KD's life. That, that, Get out I, there. To me, to be honest right now, my fantasy team is one of the more important things going on in my life. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, look, this is getting into the um, – there's all kinds of reports, like you were saying, even outside of sports and hockey – uh, you're finding out now about layoffs that are happening. There was a column in uh, Newsday today, you know, as far as retail businesses out here, more people are getting laid off, you know, because the uh, the, the, the the extension or the, everything's running out. Like I said, they didn't, you know, the federal government didn't come out with any, you know, help for uh, any of these businesses or, you know, everything. So everything's running out. So now these, these owners of these businesses and everything else, they, they're running out of money. They can't keep people on. And it's just trickling down uh, amongst different parts of different types of industries and businesses, you know. And, again, I'll revert back to the music business. There's some, you know, all these independent venues and stuff like that that, you know, whether it's a 1,600, uh, you know, venue place or it's uh, 7,000, you know, there's nobody in there. They can't, you know, and all the people that work there, security and and vendors and uh, just staff, everything else, and they can't keep people on. It's like it's, it's really, really difficult. So, you swing back into the the selfish world of sports and sports fans and everything else. They're in, you know, even though it's on a much bigger level and it's much bigger money, you know, it's 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 really it's the same thing. It's cutting across the board. And the initial discussion here was about the league scheduling how they're going to come back. I think logistically, as far as buildings being available, putting a schedule together. Uh, you know, whether it's putting divisions against each other and the whole Canada-U.S. thing, I think all that stuff they can logistically do and make an agreement with the players as long as they test, you know, negative and they go back and forth to their families and they all kind of stick together and they have certain guidelines that can work. But if nobody's making any money, what's the point? And the reason I'm bringing this up tonight, I want to talk about it, especially talking about uh, Greg's uh, column, is that, you know, this is the other side of it now, and, and, you know, we're talking about the Rangers and everything else, and it's just the possibility here that we might have to wait a little longer, or it's, uh, like I said, we could speculate all we want, but it's, it's a tough outlook right now the closer we get to the end of the year with the potential of hoping to get guys on the ice in January. This is a real depressing conversation. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. People, you know, people are tuning in, trying to tune into this podcast to forget about things. And people could be slitting their wrists listening to us right now. 
Goodness, can we talk about something more positive, like uh, Tony D'Angelo uh, deleting his Twitter account? Yeah, what happened there? <laughs> Wait, oh, let me look. Let me, let me see if he came back. Hold on a second. <laughs> Tony! Uh, I don't think he's yeah, There it is. I Hold think... on, Tony D. I don't, I don't see it. You still got the <laughs> podcast one up, right? Yeah, I, I think I saw that his podcast. I, I think that that must have been... Um, I think the Rangers PR department <laughs> gave him a call <laughs> with his latest tweet on COVID or whatever he was talking about. I tell you what, we, we've talked about this before with with Tony's Twitter account. And, you know, for me, I don't get involved with, with players' political leanings, whatever way, and I don't want to make this into a political thing. Neither but, do I. I'm with you. But, but, what I, but what I've said is, you know, he he brings it up. He's essentially taunting Ranger fans with his political leanings. I mean, he is going after people on the other side. And and for me, once you start doing that, I I can't have you back. I mean, because you're initiating it, you know? And again, I don't care what side he's on or, you know, who he's supporting. It's just a matter of, you know, Michael Jordan, if you remember when, when he was asked when he was playing, you know, why he doesn't get involved with politics. And he says, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. You know, I think Tony D'Angelo needs to realize that, you know, Ranger fans are Democrats too. Um, And, you know, keep his mouth shut. I mean, you know, he should be, you know, uh, communicating with fans, you know, in social media, all fans and and being nice to all of them and grateful and, and appreciative. So, you know, He's, it's hard to have too much sympathy for him when he when he goes that way with it. And again, I don't I don't care what side of the political aisle he's on or, you know, what he's saying. But when it comes to, you know, if he's just on there saying, you know, vote for Trump, you know, that's fine. But once it's more of, you know, drowning in liberal tears and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it, it gets a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a tough line to to walk, especially when you're a famous person. I mean, or or it could be very easy, as you just explained. And I agree on the easy side. Just, you know, if you're a, you know, it's funny. I'm listening to you, and, and I, you know, we bust your chops, obviously, about being Mr. Hospitality, especially when it comes to the young Capo Caco and <laughs> making mistakes and being young. I mean, Tony's a young guy, too, you know? I mean, yeah. uh, he just got a, a, a great contract, at least a couple of years, and he's got a lot of money in his bank account right now, and he's playing for, you know, the New York Rangers on a great stage. You know, I mean, me and you, we're older guys. I mean, I'm older than you, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you always say when you get older, I wish I knew now what I knew then or whatever the heck they're saying is. But, you know, Tony's kind of going through that right now. You know, um, you know, it's like you know, people go back and forth about this. It all depends on what kind of level you're you're at in, in terms of, you know, your personality or your public persona, what kind of influence you have and everything else. I agree with you, and I, you know, I have to, I kind of, for me too, being in the music business, you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a John Bon Jovi, I'm not a, uh, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, uh, a multi-million dollar recording artist with, you know, money out the wazoo and have toured for years and, you know, my legacy is uh, cemented, you know. I'm a, I'm a kind of local guy who plays the local music scene, and I've built up relationships, and I, I'm very lucky, and i built up my business, and I have fans on all sides. And I've made it clear with, you know, especially with my business and the guys that work for me and the gals too, it's like, hey, look, you know, we you just be professional, and you just we leave that talk out of it. 
You just can't go there. Whatever you do on your personal side, that's you. And again, like I said, we're not, you know, we're not top million, multi-million dollar artists or anything like that. But, you know, you as a business owner myself, that's my decision. Hey, I respect, you know, everybody's opinions, you know, whether I disagree with them or not. You know, that's the great thing about this country and that's the way it should be. Unfortunately, I think Tony, you know, he just, it's a little too much. And, you know, he got the knock on the door. He could be back on tomorrow. He could be back next week. Who the hell knows? And maybe he's got to learn through it, too. I mean, listen to me. Now, I'm I'm Kevin DeLore going, give the guy a little break. He's a young guy or whatever. You know? but, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, he can do whatever he wants, to be honest. He, he can continue to be the way he is on Twitter. It's just hard to defend him. I know there's a lot of Ranger fans are like, you know, why do you care what an athlete says? I think there's a difference between if, like, say somebody caught him, not caught him, but somebody took a picture of him walking down the street with a Make America Great Again hat, and people lost their mind for that. I think that may be a little over the top. You know, Bub, what he is doing is he's on Twitter actively provoking people. Yes, I know. Um, and and I don't care what you're provoking them about. You're provoking them. You're provoking your own fans. Yes. Which, you know, I just don't understand. I don't understand why you would want to do that. And maybe he's doing it just to get a rise out of people and, you know, have a little fun. But, you know, I think it at, at some point you got to realize, like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm sort of uh, pissing off my own fan base here and, and dividing them, to be honest. And, you know, that's not the right thing to do. No, and, and, and it does. It makes the organization. It's an uncomfortable position yeah. because the, the Rangers as an organization, the last thing that they want to have to do is have to handle PR for something like this, especially when it comes down to politics. You know what I'm saying? And again, oh, yeah. it, it doesn't matter what side you're on, that's great, you know? But I think, like I said, you know, you, you nailed it. When you're egging people on or if you're, if you're using your position in a way to get a rise out of people, and especially, like I said, you nailed it too. I mean, you have fans on both sides, you know? It's like just, you know... Kind yeah, of I mean, just you know, back off on that whole thing a little bit. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, keep politics out of sports, and you know, I don't mind that. Maybe you're bringing certain things up at certain times, whatever that may be, and you're taking a stance on something. You know, look, if you're going to do that, you're going to catch some heat for it. But again, to me, it's the more provoking people and, and taunting people that that really bothers me. If he's out there saying, you know vote for Trump or, you know, whatever it is. And look, he's going to get hate for that um, because that's just the polarized political world that we're sort of in right now. But and I, I then I would say, look, I mean, you know, this is where the guy stands. He's allowed to say what he wants there. But, you know, once you get to that past that point, you know, and, and you know, you're questioning, you know, where COVID is now. And I think that was the final tweet that that probably, you know, broke the uh, camel's back with, with as far as the Rangers are concerned. You know, you can't be, you know, as a player, as a pertinent person in the spotlight, you know, and you're dealing with, you know, over 200,000 people died from the thing. You, you know, you can't, you can't be making jokes or whatever it is about that, you know, uh, when you're in the position he is. So, you know, hopefully, like you said, hopefully he learns from it. He is a younger guy. You know, you, you'd think he, he would have learned. He's been, he, he's unfortunately run into issues in the past. Uh, on the ice, um, but you know, uh, well, look, we'll I, see. I, if, 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 <laughs> if, 
this will be two strikes for him, you know. I don't know, third strike he may be out, but we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, that's another point of it. I mean, the Rangers, you know, if, if it was the Rangers who actually shut him down, you know, hopefully it's going to, this will be all right, this will go away, and, you know, this will be a good thing, good experience for him to save his career and to save his, you know, because, look, on the hockey side of things, you know, we all love Tony as far as how he plays and his potential. And we both discussed, like I said, you know, happy about that he's re-signed with the team. And you know what? There's no, you got to leave all this political crap out of this stuff and religious beliefs and, you know, uh, it, it's just, you got to try. Like, I understand what you're saying. We're kind of getting in a, I'm going in a wormhole here too as far as, you know, yes, you have the right to say whatever you want, but egging people on and, and kind of, you know, having a laugh at it. That's, and yes, the, Col- that's the line. That's yeah. the line. And that's you know, what the Rangers that, have to do if that's mm-hmm. if if they're the ones who actually stepped in and said, hey, shut it down, especially as yeah. far as, you know, COVID and health concerns, because especially when you just played in a tournament, you know, that was totally all about that, you know, the, yeah. the, the, you know, you, the, as far as players and, and making a living and, and how it's affected the sports world. You can't make light of it. And you, and he's, you know, Tony's one of the guys, he's one of the players that's actually been part of that whole process of, of working through it. He's been there. He was, you know, one of the guys who was getting tested. So, you know, I, I commend the Rangers if it was them to stop it. And because hopefully, like I said, you know, everybody needs a little knock in the head and say, hey, look, just take a break here for a while. And I, I, I understand how heated this whole thing is and, and where our country is and everything and everybody's passionate about stuff. But at the end of the day, you got to take a deep breath and just kind of move on from it and, and let everything else play out. And not to say just shoot the puck and be a hockey player, but have some respect to everybody that is either going to buy a Tony D'Angelo jersey, come and root from at the Garden. Uh, we as Ranger fans want it to be successful. And when we root for him, and when we cheer from him, and when we get mad at him, it has nothing to do with anything that he believes in. It's about you know him as a hockey player, and and why he's uh, playing for the blue shirts. It's about him being terrible on defense as he always yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, what much. an awful show this is right now. Yeah, it's terrible. Wow, COVID. We, we had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> terrible economy, politics. Ugh, this is awful. Will we be Sorry, here everyone. in January? Sorry, or... everyone. <laughs> this is bad. We'll get. Wow. We'll give you a refund at the end of the show. <laughs> oh, bad. <laughs> we're gonna All send. Right, so... We're gonna send everybody a white claw. <laughs> email, email me your address and your flavor preference. That's <laughs> also very important. That's right. Mango, watermelon, whatever it is, I'll send it to you. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody. Uh, uh, Ask KD was a lot of fun. Ask KD uh, slash Ask Paulie in the beginning. But, oh uh, my God! Ask KD interrupted by Paulie. Oh, that was funny stuff. I couldn't help myself, man. You know, <laughs> one day we'll have an Ask Paulie segment. I don't know when, but I don't know. I think your segment was fantastic. We want to thank all the fans who got in, and uh, we got a lot of great feedback. Uh, from everybody too, so um, that was pretty cool, and uh, we'll definitely bring that back. And I'll uh, I'll keep my opinions to myself. I'll keep my, my answers goodness. to myself. <laughs> my goodness, that was that was bad, Paulie. I mean, you, you didn't even <laughs> oh, really? finish. Like, are you really quiet? You, you it sounds like, like yeah. you've been you've been holding this anger in this whole week. I've been, I've been <laughs> doing all week. I, I listened back. I turned off the show. I oh, I, I deleted <laughs> off my. Uh, 
iTunes. <laughs> Just angered me. <laughs> oh, man. What a mistake that was. You know, you came up with this idea. No, I'm just <laughs> All, All right. right. I, forgive, I forgive you. Thank you're you, back. man. Even I... if you're not asking for forgiveness, I'm forgiving you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, pal. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're All welcome. right, buddy. Um, do we want to... Um, bring we'll... on the next subject that you want to interrupt me on. Go ahead. Okay, you got it. So uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm definitely just laying this in your lap because I really don't know where to go with it. But uh, Strom and Lemieux and their offers and, uh, you know, what, what, what do you think? And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, we're going to just play speculation here now <laughs> this thing goes. But I guess talk about the numbers the guy's got. Yeah, I mean, I would – you would end up – I mean, you would think – I don't even have the numbers in front of me, Paulie. What, what did the Rangers offer? One year, All right. three Arbitra- and a half? Arbitration filings like for Ryan Strom. New York Rangers at 3.6. Player wants 5.7. Yeah, so, I mean, the arbitrator will end up with four and a half for a year. I mean, that's probably perfect for what the Rangers have cap-wise. You know – I don't know what Strom is looking for. I don't know what his other options are. If he thinks there's other teams out there that, that would be available if the Rangers decide to walk from it. But, you know, it's going to be four and a half for one year. The Rangers will probably take it. Strom's got to live with it for another year, and he, he'll become a unrestricted free agent next year. But, look, you know, we, we've discussed that we're not really sure where the Rangers are going to go now. So... I wouldn't be shocked either way if the Rangers took it, kicked the can down the road for another year, just say, yeah, we'll live with it. Uh, maybe we'll try to bring Heedle up to the second line center, see how it goes, and we could bump Strom down to the third line if Heedle can't handle it. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll put Strom back in there. He's our sort of fullback, our fail-safe here. Uh, you know, at four and a half million, I mean, it's not like it's an overwhelming amount if he ends up being your third line center. I mean, he really does have, a, to me, you know, I still don't see him as being a long term fixture on this team when this team is, you know, getting ready to contend for a cup. I really just don't see him being here. Um, but, you know, the Rangers can also get a look at him maybe without Panarin. And may, maybe if he still succeeds, then look. Maybe at the end of the year, you do offer him a contract and say, wow, it wasn't just Panarin. He's really figured it out, and and he's become turned himself into a, a pretty good center in this league, and we're still not sure about Heedle. Yeah, let's bring him back for three years at, you know, whatever, five million or whatever it is that, that he ends up looking for. I'm sure he'll be looking for more. But um, So, yeah, a lot, a lot of interesting decisions. I would probably say looking at that number, and looking at the free agents that are out there and who they could potentially bring in. I mentioned that guy Cahoon last week. The Oilers signed him, so my plan for that is is out. Yeah, but, you're, not, um, you're not you're not good for the Rangers. You're just not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I I think ultimately they probably just bring him back just because where they are with the cap, the number fits. He's familiar with the team. Again, you can work Heedle up there and bump Strom down, and if Heedle is is struggling a bit, you could just put Strom back and. And hopefully, hey, look, I like Strom. You know me; I've been, I've been uh, defending him all year and and uh, carrying his water along with Quinn's. Like I said, you know, get a little heavy here sometimes. But um, how do you do it, KD? I know, hey. <laughs> but you know, I I just need Strom to cut back on the penalties. <laughs> Guy takes way too many penalties. 
But uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him back. Obviously, he works well with Panarin. He's got to get better on the face-offs as well. I'll take him. Bring him back. Four and a half for one year. I'm good. Four and a half, huh? All right. Where do you, um, you know, you saw, uh, you know, some fans and stuff, and there was a little buzz about it in terms of uh, that number 5.7, you know, coming back as a player. Are you, do you understand, you know, going for that high number, you know, as opposed to like, you know, people going, what, is he out of his mind asking for that? Or is it pretty much, you know, basically the, the concept that, hey, you know, I'm going to start here. This would be great if I could get this. But at least it gives me some room to maybe, maybe Strom's number is four and a half or four mil. You know what I'm saying? Oh, of course. That, that's how these guys are. Look at the Rangers. They completely lowballed them. Three, what was it? 3.6? 3.6. I mean, how low is that? That's ridiculous. So, you know, that's how this works. He's going to throw a ridiculous number out there that he knows they're not going to hit. The Rangers are going to throw a ridiculous low ball number, and the arbitrator is going to come in the middle. That's how this always works. The issue here is, do the Rangers even want him back? Does he fit in the plans of what they want to do with the rebuild? And they could just say, look, we appreciate everything that he's done, but it doesn't make sense for us to bring him back because we really have no plans for him to be here after this year. So why even bother bringing him back? You know, we, we're going to move Heedle up. We're going to bring in a guy, or we're going to try a young guy, but we'll bring Barron up. We're going to put Howden as the third-line center, and here we go. You know, we want to give our kids some experience. It's a waste to bring him back and have him play over some of these younger guys. So to me, that's more of an issue than the dollars. It's do we want to waste a year of, of him being here when he's not in our plans. Like, why would you bring him back if he is not in your plans at all? But if this is maybe, like I had mentioned, a further tryout for him where he could potentially prove himself when he's not on a line with Panarin and the Rangers organization can say, yeah, maybe we were wrong about him. We, we thought his production was predominantly because he's on a line with Panarin, but yeah, we had him on a line with Kako and, you know, Gautier, and he was fantastic. He was putting up points, and he was playing well defensively, and he was driving play. So it, it could be an opportunity for Strom and the Rangers uh, to potentially maybe come up with a, a long, maybe not a long-term deal, but a three- to five-year deal because he, he suddenly impresses. He could be one of these players that sort of, figures it out a little later in their career and, and, and goes on to, to do great things. So it all depends on what they want to do internally. It, it, it will be interesting to see which way the Rangers go here, because I don't think it, like I said, it has, it will have nothing to do with dollars because where the arbitrator will come in again, four and a half million, you know, 4.7 million, whatever he comes, that's fine with the, with what the Rangers have left under the cap. I think they have like 8 million left open or something like that. So, yeah, that fits in fine. Yeah, I have to, uh, my my gut feeling is that um, I don't think he's coming back. You think they're gonna walk? Yeah. Yeah, I I could see it. I I would I wouldn't be shocked. And 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 more so because of the way that you explain it. Uh, you know, as far as you know, and we because we talked about it here on the show too. As far as you know, this upcoming season is it's just a toss up. You know, I mean, 
whether Strom is on the team this year or or not, I mean, it's it's not going to you know make a break. I think you know where you're leaning towards in terms of what the plans are for this team. You know, and we're going to get into you know maybe we'll get into it now too as far as Lemieux's uh, offer and you know the value of Lemieux maybe over Strom. You know, if it's a matter of them, I don't think it's a matter of them taking. You know, either one, whether they bring both back or let one go, or whatever. But in terms of the type of team that they're building here and, and who has more value, you know, you talk about Strom, yes, uh, you know, him playing with Panarin. You talk about his deficiencies with regards to, um, you know, taking penalties, um, face-off circle, size, you know, everything else. You know, is, is does that really – does he take up a roster spot on a season – where the Rangers want to maybe just they'll have that year next year. Let's plug in some of the young guys. Let's plug in some other. Let's tinker with the lineup a little bit. We have to anyway because of Lafreniere um, with the left wing issue and everything else. So um, my gut feeling is, you know, I think the Rangers are, 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 you know, I don't think he's, I don't think, I don't think he's in the plans. And I think it's just because of how the, how where they're lining up with the rebuild. And I think you know, uh, getting Laffy too is is a huge thing as well. So if, that's just that's just my feeling. If you bring him back strong for the year, I, I think you're looking to win, right? You would bring him back because he has good chemistry with Panarin. He's a good player with him. He's going to help you win. So you're looking to win. But when you see that the Rangers signed Jack Johnson. Woohoo! Drink up. Drink. I, to me, that means you don't want to win. <laughs> it's not about winning. <laughs> when you bring Jack Johnson in, it's not about winning. They brought him in to be a placeholder for some of the young guys in case they're not ready or they don't do or they underwhelm in camp. And you're like, crap, these guys aren't ready. Who are we putting in there? And the well, crap, the crap that the you're going to throw with... in there when you say crap is Jack Johnson. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think we've, we've come back to this conclusion a number of times on the show Bringing in Jack Johnson is you're bringing him in because you're not ready to win yet. He's the placeholder for these young guys to bring them along slowly and get them the experience that they need at a slower pace, which is what they did with the forwards last year. So I I think bringing Strom back gives a bit of a mixed message where you're now you're like, well, I'm not sure what they're trying to do here. Bringing Strom back is a win now type move, but bringing Jack Johnson in drink is a long term move in that you're bringing the younger guys in slowly, whether that's again putting them in AHL or putting them in the press box a little bit to watch. So uh, again, I say a lot of be. There's a lot of decisions out there. Interesting to see what they'll do here. If they, if they do bring Strom back, I'll be a little puzzled at, at what the plan is going to be. It's a little be a little mishmash of well, we want to win, but we want to bring some of these guys in slowly. You know, may, maybe that's the plan too. So again, KD, remind me. Say the uh, the, the arbitrator comes back and he says, "Well, you got to give him four and a half." And the Rangers turn around. They say, "No, go scratch. We're not going to pay." Yeah, that. that's it. Yeah, they could say no, thank you, and yeah. Strom becomes a uh, an unrestricted free agent. Now, yeah. Strom. Now, if the Rangers agree, Strom has to take it. He has no outs. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he has to take the deal. So, um, I mean, I guess he could hold out, but 
I don't know why you would do that. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the Rangers at that point will say, nah. I mean, that's what they did. We talked about Zhirdev. Um, that was I, the last time that they walked away from anybody. Um, so, they could do it, sure. Again, I hate to lose him for nothing, but if he's not in the play, if he's not in the plans, he's not in the plans, and I could see him not being in the plans. Let him go to Capitals. Let him go to Washington. Send him down to DC. That's right. Me no, back no. up. I'm down. No, I think a lot of things. I think I don't think he's in the plans. I, I I don't. I really don't think he's in the plans. I really don't. That's that's my. So, thing. do you think Lemieux is in the plans? Yeah, I think he is. I think uh, you know, uh, you know, as far as you know, what he was offered uh, nine hundred fifty k. Yeah, two and years one, and one point seven, yeah, something like that. He wants, yeah, he yeah, wants they all, two they million. all, yeah, two a two year deal. Um, at that. Well, what, what is let me ask you this, KD. We we want Lemieux back, right? If you were, if, you know, you you look at what we have offensively, what we're building, what we're growing, and then if if let's say just toss the arbitration stuff to the side for a second. And if you're only going to pick, let's make it simple here. If you only got to pick one of the two guys, it's either Lemieux or Strom, who are you picking? Forget about the money. Just who, if you only got, if you only want to pick one of these guys to add to the team, who are you picking? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely go with Lemieux. He's younger, cheaper, <laughs> and he fits with what they're looking for as far as we need to be a harder team to play. Now, where'd you hear that? Uh, a, a harder team to play against. What? Where'd you hear that? <laughs> Mr. Uh, JD over there. So, <laughs> you know, you can't say that you want to be a harder team to play against and then walk away from Brendan Lemieux or trade Brendan Lemieux because he's a guy who makes your team harder to play against. I mean, you know, he's going to be out there doing the dirty work in front of the net, in the corners, those kind of things. Now, we have spoken about him in the past on previous shows about how he was a bit of a disappointment last year, and he didn't do enough of that. So hopefully he's, you know, the Lemieux that we got initially in the trade with Winnipeg, and he came out and he, he showed a little scoring touch. Uh, he was a little bit of a pest out there on the ice, working hard, and sort of was becoming uh, that uh, a bit of a fan favorite w- with that brand of hockey. So this Rangers lineup needs that kind of player. So I agree with JD that they need to be a you know a harder team to play against. They got a lot of players with a, a similar skill set. So a Brendan Lemieux. I think brings a little more of that sort of lunch pail, uh, blue collar attitude out there, which teams need. You know, it, it's a little bit different than back in the day where you're bringing goons in to be your, you know, quote unquote toughness. Uh, you know, toughness means a little bit uh, is a little bit different these days, where it's again tough for the play against. You know, a guy who's tough in front of the net. You know, hard to push off the puck. Uh, digging out pucks in the corner, that kind of player, you know, not a guy who's going, you know, cross ice to throw a huge hit, take himself out of position to throw a huge hit. It's just, that's just not the game anymore. So uh, harder to knock off the puck, that kind of player is what you need in this lineup. Less perimeter guys, 
guy's more willing to drive to the net. We talked about Kratzoff, and he's a guy who seems to be adding that element to his game. You know, that that's exactly what Lemieux is about. So if you could bring those type of guys in or, you know, change a little bit of the identity of the team. Now, you don't want to change, you know, you don't want to talk to Panarin and say, well, we want you to change what you're doing out there. Uh, you want guys to play to their strengths, uh, but you also do want them to be a little hard, harder on the puck, maybe drive to the net a little bit more, those kind of things. So Lemieux brings that to the table. I like to see him back again. You know, they'll bring him back for between what he's asking for and the team has put out there. You know, I'll bring him back for one and a half or two years, three years, something like that. And, and that would be fantastic. Yeah, I like it too, and I I, I think um, again nothing against Stromer. I think the you know when you when you're when you're redirecting the the franchise, and you know like I said, you, with a couple of additions here in the last two seasons, obviously as far as offensive power, you you hope you know Capo uh, is going to be that guy as he matures. As we've gone back and forth in this show many many times, uh, and we still don't know what to expect from uh, Alexei uh, Lafreniere coming in here too. And with the one of the biggest things that we used to clamor about, you know, was having a guy in front of the net and, you know, mixing it up and, you know, and, and Lemuse, you know, he, he can be a good player, you know. I mean, I think um, I hope he gets, you know, two years, he gets a little bit of support from the organization, and I'm sure he wants to be here. And I think he has a chance to, to, to grow here uh, as a New York Ranger. I think the fans are uh, will continue to get behind him, and hopefully – uh, you know, and we'll get into this a little bit too, as far as, you know, once, once he gets on, who's going to make the roster, is he going to make it, you know, and what's, what's going to, what is Brandon going to have to do, uh, you know, to whatever it is, secure those seven, eight minutes, you know, per game, you know, that he's probably going to get and how he's going to work in with, uh, the rest of the chemistry and, and, and the holes in this lineup up front in terms of jockeying and again, whatever, you know, uh, system that Quinn's going to put in place here. So that's going to be interesting too. But I, I, I you know, I, that's my feeling in, in terms of A and B. You know, I think, I think you know, they're, they're more leaning towards uh, having a guy like Lemieux, the money and everything else in terms of the type of player that they want here. And, you know, I just don't, I don't get the vibe from the Rangers. And maybe it's probably obvious because they, you know, they, they basically said they were trying to shop them and everything else. And as far as this low bid that they're coming in, um, you know, with, with this arbitration, that that's where I feel. So I, I think, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's what, you know, as fans right now, you know, what, what, what's the kind of team you, you, and you say three, four years down the road, you gotta have a guy like Lemieux on your team. You gotta have, and it's not that he's a brawler. It's not that, not, not that we need somebody to, to drop gloves or anything like that, but you need somebody that's on that. You know, we need a good, aggressive, confident, dependable fourth line that goes out there and, and changes the momentum of a game, especially if the guys up front are lagging a little bit or they're getting caught down in another team's system. And, you know, Quinn gets to look down the bench. He's he's not sending Strom out to do that, you know. You want a guy like Lemieux on the bench there to go, okay, go out there, man, and, and stir it up a little bit. And you don't, you don't mind when a guy like Lemieux, you know, if he takes a penalty or he, or he takes somebody with him, you know, uh, and mixes it up. So for me... That's the guy I want on the roster right now. And again, no disrespect to Strom, love him. If he ends up on in the jersey next year, whatever. But uh, I just think the Rangers, they're they're making a change here with with the you know 
the direction. And I think that's the kind of team that JD wants too. Yeah, and Lemieux, he has he has such an opportunity in front of him too. If if you just look at at the past and how Ranger fans connect with a player of Lemieux's skill set, whether it's Sean Avery, Dan Carcillo, Brendan Prost, you know, those kind of teams are the ones that, you know, the garden is always chanting for and becomes these, you know, huge, just, just fan favorites, sort of, you know, I don't want to say iconic, but just these plays that you always remember and you're bringing up and energy guy, because uh, the range of fan base, you know, I know we always you always talk about like the suits in, in the bottom bowl of, of Madison Square Garden. But but to be honest, you know, the range of fan is a blue collar fan and they like that type of blue collar player who who's going to go out there and bump some bodies, bring some energy and um, gets the crowd like you meant, get the crowd going, get get the bench energized, that kind of thing. And he's the opportunity to become that player on this team. And if he could do that while this team is now going to start being successful and making runs at Stanley Cups, he's just going to be a guy you're going to look back on and remember. Like, I love Brendan Lemieux. He was just one of my favorite players. Again, the same way that you are looking at the Sean Averys and the Brendan Prust and the Carcillos, and they were in the middle of all those great playoff runs and big, huge victories during that, that great 14 out of 15-year playoff run that the Rangers had. So um, I just think it's an amazing opportunity for him. I, I hope he lives up to you know the expectations I have for him uh, because he could just be a, a player you know, long remembered by Ranger fans that, we're always, that we, we talk about for years to come, that kind of lunch pail player. So... Uh, I hope he takes it and runs with it. I hope he does, you know, like you said, get a two-year contract and, and he has some time to, um, you know, grow here, be a part of this organization and be part of the rebuild. As far as Strom goes, you know, the one feather that he does have in his cap here as far as maybe the Rangers wanting to keep him around is the Rangers are so thin at center ice that they may just say, look, we need to bring him back. You know, yeah, but, but, we, but, but haven't we gone back and forth with that? Do, do we need him back for next year? I mean, the Rangers may think that if they think, you know, they don't think he feels ready for the second line position. A guy like Barron, they don't think is ready. They don't. They like Howden better on the wing. Well, we're going to go get Jonathan Taze anyway, right? Center? What? We're going to get Taze anyway, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> get get Sean Hartman on the phone. <laughs> Need more of that. But, you know, if they could legitimately look at the center position and say, okay, we don't bring Strom back, who the hell's playing center? So, uh, you know, we they may not be – they may not think Barron is ready. And, again, they don't like Howden at center. They put him there last year. He didn't look very good at the center ice position. He looked a bit overwhelmed at times. So, um, you know, it's not like Heedle is has grabbed – that second line, because they didn't exactly wrestle it away from Strom last year. So, yeah, maybe they look at it and say, man, we, we're just not – even if we bring him back for a year, again, similar to Jack John, maybe they just see him as a placeholder. 
and and look, if if these other players step up, you can always put them on the wing or you trade them at the trade deadline or whatever it is that they decide to do. So I still think that there's an opportunity to bring him back because they are so thin at center unless they make a trade for, uh, you know, a cheap alternative that's out there. I mean, there are a number of centers still available, but I could see that being the reason you bring him back. Again, I, it does bring a bit of a mixed message unless they are are – legitimately looking at their center ice position and saying, man, we have, we're have we real thin here. We have Zabinijad. Hopefully, Heedle can make that jump, and then we have nothing. It's a concern, at least for this year, to get through the year. Like, who are we putting out there? Well, maybe that's what happens, too. Maybe the, the last part of this is it's a safe play for the organization oh, yeah. and for Strom, especially – you know, with the COVID scenario and job security and, and everything else, maybe, you know, hey, let's let's high five here and let's just stick together for one more year because it's not going to be a normal year anyway. And then again, you know, if a situation comes up or a trade or something else or, you know, maybe who knows, maybe he lights the lamp up for us this year and he stays out of the box and he wins a hell of a lot more faceoffs and it's a win-win. But that, that might be the other thing too is maybe it's just a safe play. To plug to plug the, uh, you know, that hole, because I don't know. You, you look around the rest of the league. Is there really a lot? Is is there a lot going on? I mean, there has been a lot of movement. There's a lot of been, you know, obviously signings and some trades and everything else. Uh, this I think Strom Lemieux. There's only a handful of guys that are left, I believe, as far as arbitration is concerned. Well, so, I was gonna say, who who are you even getting? Yeah, I mean, at Strom's caliber. For a one-year, four-and-a-half-million-dollar contract? Probably no one. So, you know, maybe they just decide to bring him back. And, you know, it's easy to say, well, just put Howden out there. Just bring Barron up. They may not succeed, so then where do you go? Well, we're not going, but but see, we don't have to go anywhere next year. Yeah, but again, the Rangers have have been very, you know, been very patient and been very slow in bringing a lot of these guys along. So I don't think that they're just going to be like, and again, I just mentioned Barron because he's a young center that they have, so I'll just keep using him as an example. They're not just going to say, all right, Barron, get out there, sink or swim. I mean, they haven't done that with anybody. Actually, the only guy that they've done that with is Howden. And he sank so far. So, um, you know, they may not be willing to do that with another, you know, young center. So uh, that may be the reasoning for bringing him back, even if he's not in the plans while they figure out the center position next offseason, whether that's a huge free agency splash and see you later, Strom. We appreciate your service these last two years, but you're not part of our plans and we're going to spend all this money on whoever. And Hedo will be our third-line guy because he's comfortable there. And, you know, then maybe Barron or Hendrickson or, you know, whoever else is ready for that will be on the fourth line. So, and look, that that could be potentially uh, the strategy that they have. I mean, you just never know where an organization is going to go. I think we, we've outlined, like, ten different directions. But, um, yeah, that's why we that's why we watch sports. That's why we love it. Yes. Indeed. So with that said, I mean, J.D. looking to get tougher. I mean, what, what, you know, what other options? And as far as, you know, where this team's going and, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, 
you know, uh, training camp. And, you know, a guy like Jack Johnson, we're bringing him up again. Everybody take a shot. Um, <laughs> Way you know, too much Jack Johnson. Yeah, well, I mean, but we, we I guess, yeah. you know, the, the other thing we can talk about here, you know, if Strom comes in, Lemieux comes in, whatever the heck it is, and if JD's talking about getting tougher and harder to play with, uh, can he do that with the current roster that he has right now? Is that something that he's going to, you know, Quinn and those guys are going to work on? Uh, you know, if you if you if I was to ask you, look at the lineup right now. Who else in this team can be a tough guy, or who else, you know, if they if they didn't go hard to the net for us there in the tournament, and uh, you know, what were we seeing there towards the end? You know, when they were trying to make that playoff push run anyway. You know, do we have guys in the lineup right now that can quote unquote be the tougher guys? Uh, you know, go to the net. Uh, drive up the middle, you know, those pieces in place right now. Granted, we don't know if, if Lafreniere, you know, in terms of how he plays. I mean, we've seen him in juniors. We've seen the highlights. Um, you know, what's he going to do? Um, what are the other, uh, you know, the other uh, the other guys in this lineup here? If you're not able to make any more moves, uh, you're not going to tinker with what pretty much what we got now going into next season. And obviously, roster spots are going to be bad guys. You know the prospects and everything else. How does this team get harder to play against? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right there. As far as they're not bringing anybody else in here to make this team harder to play against, at least not this year. So, I think it may be just a mindset switch that Quinn is going to have to instill on on some of these guys. Whether it's just showing them film, saying, "Look." You know, there was a loose puck in the corner there, and you're just waiting on the outside. You didn't go in to help out your teammate, and you need to start doing that. You didn't drive to the net here. You went around the net. You stayed to the perimeter. You know, we need you to be driving pucks to the net because if you're not, you're not going to be playing here for that much longer. So it may be more of just a game plan a mindset switch of, of what this team needs to do to win. Yeah, I wonder if Jacques Martin and him changing up the defensive philosophy maybe changes that too. You know, there was a lot of running around on defense last year. And, you know, maybe if they put in a, a sounder defensive scheme, you know, they'll be harder to play against on defense because there are better positions uh, to maybe knock somebody off a puck instead of backing off the blue line. And then they're, they're, again, chasing instead of being in a good position. So I think hopefully when they change the defensive scheme, that'll change up um, them being a little bit harder to play against, a harder team maybe in front of the net. Uh, You know, they have the guys there. You know, a guy like Truba, he's a nasty player. He's a tough guy to play against. And, you know, unfortunately he was stuck last year with, with some tough, partners, you know, they were putting him with some of the younger players, but Hayek, who was struggling, you know, they had him out with, actually, he was doing better with Brendan Smith, but, you know, if you can get him out there with a better caliber player this year, whether it's moving Tony D'Angelo to the other side and making them uh, a pairing, uh, if you are splitting up Fox and and Lingren, and you put Lingren up there with, with Truba, and, yeah, and you just make give him a sounder defensive partner, you know, maybe he can go out there and do his thing. So I think he could be a key to the, to the team being a little bit harder to play against where he's playing more of his game instead of worrying about, you know, making up for the mistakes of his defensive partner who really probably has no business being on the first pair. So I, I think it's changing defensive 
philosophy, changing up the personnel a little bit, and uh, and then just changing the mindset, looking at you know film and showing these guys what where they're going wrong, what what are they not doing, um, and showing them examples of players doing it, and you know maybe, uh, Chris Kreider, the, the his type of game. Again, you you don't want these guys to completely change what makes them successful in this league, but there are some things that you have to be able to do to help the team be successful in this league. And like I said, I've loved that Kratzoff is, has decided to do that, you know, and if he could do it, then a Buchnevich can do it. Uh, a Heedle can do it. Gautier can be a little bit tougher out there. So um, it's, it's not that hard. You don't have to change your entire game. It's just a little tinkering and, and making sure that you're a little more aggressive out there on the ice. Yeah, I mean, Booch could definitely be one of those guys. He showed signs of that last yes. year. You know, he's definitely yes. got I it. I thought he was much. I thought he was a much harder player uh, to go up against last year than he had been in previous seasons. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it'd be great to see that guy kind of you know turn into that, you know, just progressive. Big right wing. You know, he's 6'3". He's got it. You know, if he can just... I don't think it's anything about, you know, it's just maturity maybe. You know, these guys too, like I said, um, you know, you can play in juniors. You can have different roles in different teams that you play with. You know, I can... I You know, how the hell did we know what it's like to lace them up and play on the Garden Ice and play against the greatest players in the world, you know, uh, in the NHL? Uh, but like I said, he's a young guy and he's, he's got that potential. We've seen it. So um, hopefully he can grow into that. You know, get to like you're saying too. I mean, he's just another guy too that we we just need to see more of. Um, you have to imagine too now, like I said, you know, playing a little bit with this organization, playing a little bit with Quinn, uh, knowing he's got a, a you know at least he's he's with this team and he can come into training camp and go you know uh, full bore and see what happens in there. And you know, it's it's funny because like you know you, you look at guys like you know Panarin and Kreider here and 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 Zabinajad and and they. they the, the whole thing we got going on here and pulling for Capo, too, as far as his second year in the league, too. But You're I, not I, pulling for Capo. You're not pulling for him. <laughs> Sorry. I don't he's on watch. You know he's on watch. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I want him to make me eat crow in the worst way. You know that. But I you do. can kind of maybe dip into, um, you know, Lafreniere coming into the team because we have no idea what to expect, you know? It looks great on paper, looks on great on the on the, the highlights. But man, um just to see how he might play on a line, click to see his talent and everything else. Um that's maybe one thing we can probably wrap up this episode on is just kind of maybe talk a little bit about him. Uh the uh the impact he's going to have in as far as training camp and and maybe get your thoughts on uh whether or not you think he should go play in the junior tournament, um, you know, uh, the World Juniors, I should say, or should he come here to the team and just kind of work out with the team and get ready? Obviously, we'll know a little more whether or not, you know, if training camps are going to open, or even if they don't, should he just bypass that since he's already played in a, uh, he's already played a couple times, he's won it, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's won the MVP for it, and so does he really need to go up and play, or should he come in here and start start getting that opportunity. And I guess I'll ask you, KD, personally, if you were a young kid like that, you've been there, done that with the WJC, and you just got number one pick, and you whether it's the Rangers or anything else, but obviously he's playing for us. Are you looking to boogie down here and just 
start mixing it up and hanging out with Panarin's and Ben and Chad and, and the rest of the crew down here? Or do you really want to go up there and kind of maybe risk injury or are you into it? You know, what's your take? Yeah. I, if I, I'll look at it from the organization side. If you're the Rangers organization, I don't think there's any way you can allow him to go up there and, and play. Like you said, he's played there before. He's won there before. There's really no reason for him to go back up there and, and play. You know, everybody wants to play for their country and, and the national pride and, and all that stuff. If he had never played for the team before, I, I would look at this. I would have a complete 180 flip on it. But he's been there. There's no reason to risk injury. I, I think he probably just wants to start his professional career also. Um, you know, I'm sure it, it would be nice for him to play for, you know, his country, but you know, they got Olympics coming up and, 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 you know, I hope potentially get, I'm talking about Olympics. We don't even know what's going on with COVID, but you know, <laughs> damn COVID. <laughs> I know it always gets in the way of my point, but you know, he, there's other, there's going to be other opportunities for him to play for his country down the road, hopefully. And so I think he should get into get into New York, get around his his new teammates, learn, you know, the organization, learn the people, get familiar with the facilities, those kind of things. And I just don't think you could if you're the Rangers, you could risk this guy potentially getting hurt and not having him for this season or beyond or whatever it is. You know, he he has an injury that sort of lingers all year um, and and really sets him back. To me, it's just not worth it, the risk there. So for me as an organization and even being Lafreniere, I just don't see how it's even in anybody's, you know, head that, that this is something that could potentially happen. Yeah, I'm with you there. And I was like I said, I was trying to put, you know, ask you to, you know, put yourself into his skates at his age right now. Again, been there, done that. I want to come down. I want to put the the blue shirt sweater on. I want to start hanging out around the garden. I want to start playing here at the practice facilities. I want to I'm going to start passing the puck around with guys like, uh, you know, Panarin and getting in the mix. It's like, you know, you you, you know, they, he's done it all. You know, and again, like I said, if they got that opportunity for the Olympics, it'll happen for, for that experience. And he's definitely going to make that team. He's going to play for that team and everything else. And, you know, if you're an organization, you know, God forbid he did go up there and get injured. You know, he could get injured in training camp. He could get injured in practice. He could get injured in a preseason game. He could get injured in the first one or two games here with the Rangers or whatever. But it, it, the, the sting would be at least a little less because he was doing it, you know, in a Ranger sweater instead of maybe being taken out by some young, you know, 18-year-old Czech kid you know, in the corner, you know, soups his leg or something like that. So if I'm, and we talked, and we talked about PR before with Tony D'Angelo, can you imagine the PR disaster that would be for the team? The the criticism the organization would get if he got hurt, how could you have allowed him to go there and, (laughs) you know, forget it, you know, yeah, I'm sure they would take some criticism if if he, if maybe word got out that he really wanted to play for the team, for uh, Team Canada and the Rangers were the ones to hold them back. You know, I'm sure they get a little criticism, but you know, not the amount of criticism that he would get from, especially from the fan base that the team allowed him to go play in this tournament and he blew out a knee or something. Forget it. 
um, it would just it would be overwhelming, and uh, fans fans would be calling for. We're all loving JD and Gordon right now. We'd be calling for his firing. They're firing <laughs> if that if that would happen. So well, I gotta, um, gotta throw, we gotta at least throw another scenario up here, a backdrop towards it. Let's say the 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 league comes back and says, "Hey, look, we're not starting in February, or March, or we can't get this thing going, or whatever." Um, do you do you let them go then, just to get? Because I think maybe maybe it's maybe the argument is too is the only reason the only way he goes up there. Like I, I agree. I don't think you send that kid up if it's lining up because the juniors are always played, you know, around Christmas time and everything else. If if training camp start here in December, I'm a I agree. No go. There's no reason. And if I'm him as a kid, like I said, done it. Boom! I just signed my off, my, you know, my, uh, you know, my 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 new contract, and I want to I want to go play with the Rangers, man. I want to do it. Um, but if the league comes back and says, "Hey, look, you know, we're not going to be playing for a while, and uh, negotiations with the NHL PA extend, and maybe this thing goes into January and February," then do you, then do you think he, the kids should go up there and play just to get ice time? No, I the only the only way I would be okay with him getting in the tournament is if the season was canceled. Then then I'd be like, fine, we're, we're not playing. So go up there, get get have a great experience, play some hockey against you know some of the best young players in the world, um, and enjoy yourself. Bring home you know bring your country home another gold. So that would be the only scenario I would be okay with. Even if they were saying the season's not going to start till March or whatever, however it ends up going, I would I would still be on the no side. The only way I I would say it is if next week. You know, Bettman said season is shut down. We're not, you know, we're not coming back till, you know, September of 2021. Uh, then I would say, yeah, you know, send him up there. Even if he got hurt, he'd be fine by the time, you know, training camps rolled around in, in September or whatever it is. So to me, that's the only scenario that I, I would find myself allowing him to go. Well, there you have it, Ranger fans. GM Delory has just stated his stance on the number one pick, Mr. Alexi Lafreniere, and what he will be allowed and not allowed to do. A very, a very authoritarian regime <laughs> oh, I, would, oh, no. I would run. You didn't go there, <laughs> did you? <laughs> <laughs> there will be no voting on this matter. That's right. Katie is, right. is law. <laughs> it would be not definitely not a democracy with me in charge. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I you know – I'm excited for him to come in. And, you know, we talk about actually, you know, the Strom decision. Oh, you're not going to talk about Strom again, are you? I, I always <laughs> got to find a way to get Strom in any type of uh, point that I'm making. But if I've mentioned in the past, I think that Lafreniere is going to start the year on the third line. So if you don't have Strom, and Heedle is your second line center. Who who you who's playing with Lafreniere on the third line? Like you you gonna center Howden with him? Barron? I mean, one what of these free agents that I'm think, not excited what, about at what all. What makes you think Laffy's going to be on the third line? <laughs> I. Because that's what I predicted. That whatever I predict always happens. What are you talking about? He's gonna, <laughs> I have a feeling that kid is going to just. He's going to take somebody's spot up top there. <laughs> yeah, but whose spot is he taking? Criders? Yeah. Panarins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sort of a log jam, you know? 
uh, you know, unless they're moving Kreider, you know, to the left side, I mean, what are we doing? So, do you, do you think the Rangers could do that? Do you think Kreider could do that? Oh, sure. I, I'm sure. Look, I, if you're an NHL player, you have a preference on what side you want to play on. But, you know, if the team came to you and said, look, we got Lafreniere, you know, here, and we're trying to get him in the top six, do you mind moving to the other side? And guess what? You get to play with him. I mean, I, maybe Kreider would be like, yeah. <laughs> I don't mind that. So they may have to do some shifting around with, with the forwards once they think he's ready. And that is the story we will wait to see unfold. Isn't yeah, I can't, Isn't I can't exciting, wait till we start talking about that kind of stuff Ugh. instead of, you know, where we are now. We're, you know, talking about the, you know, Twitter economics accounts. of, uh, you know, <laughs> hockey in, in 2020. And D'Angelo's Twitter account. I mean, kill me right now. <laughs> you know, I, this isn't this isn't promising for the prospects of uh, having seven in a row. <laughs> oh. if, this, if this is where we're at with our conversation. Well, uh, but, I mean, look, I guess we'll have more to talk about because what Strom's hearing is tomorrow, I think. So, uh, you know, next week we'll we'll be debating or discussing, you know, why the Rangers either walked away or. Or decide to sign him, but well, I think you know Larry Brooks doesn't think uh, the Rangers are going to hang on to him either. So, and uh, oh wait, you know, is that what he's saying? Oh, they're definitely going to hold on to him then. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Larry, Brooksy baby, Brooksy. Um, all right, man. Well, again, you know you hate to you hate to be back into this. Part of, uh, you know, it's an eerie feeling we're going through right now uh, the, the uh, of speculation, you know. And I know, uh, you know, we said last week, too, we just can't wait to, you know, um, have, you know, ice time to talk about more than anything. And we just got to keep uh, hanging in there and waiting. And obviously, you know, Stromer, Lemieux, whatever happens here, we'll, uh, we'll follow that lead in, in terms of that storyline and everything else. And, and, and again, hopefully Tony will stay out of trouble. And uh, other than that, I, I don't know what else is coming down the pike here, you know, as far as, you know, with the team. I mean, you know, I guess we'll – if those two guys uh, end up coming back, obviously, then then we can start, you know, discussing, you know, lineups, you know. And, again, you know, we can expand as far as, you know, who we think is going to make the roster and who's not going to make the roster and everything else. And, and that in itself, you know, with Martin coming in, Jock Martin coming in, and, uh, you know, Quinn's got, Quinn's got a really – He's got a fun, young team, two super goaltenders, uh, a defensive core that's got so much well, promise. Well, I would say one super goaltender, but go ahead. Oh, that is terrible. <laughs> it's just wrong. Just By wrong. the way, speaking of Larry Brooks, how how great what, – what was it that Tortorella said to him one time? He looks like he got beat up at the bus stop or he was going to beat him up at the bus stop. He wasn't Man, that – those are fun times, man. <laughs> Hockey being played, Tortorella losing his mind after the, after the games and stuff. Like, how great were those Tortorella press conferences? I miss those. Like, you get it every once in a while with him, with, with Columbus now. He had that one after they played the Islanders where he came out. He goes, I'm not going to say anything because I'm going to lose my mind. I don't care what you guys think. <laughs> the president just left. It was amazing. I, I need I need more of that from Quinn. I think. I think you know, 
think he has that potential. I think we saw <laughs> certain sides of that. I, I mean, he's, you know, Quinn's been up there on that podium, and you could just see by his face, facial expressions, and he's being a gentleman taking it, but inside his head. Remember last year? I, I, we got to pull it up. Maybe that, we'll have some fun next week with that. We got to pull uh, that sound. He had that press conference, and I think they played Columbus. And he went off on his squad. He was, I'll never forget that they were, you know, asking him the questions. And, and we were laughing about it because he was just going off on everybody in his lineup. And I'm going, I'm laughing on the show, and I'm going, this is his squad he's talking about. He's laying into every single one of them. So I think Quinn has that, he has that temperament. You know, it's like anything else. You know, Torts is just, he's earned, you know, you love him or hate him. You know, I found his uh, press conferences, yeah, you love them. You probably love them more now that he's in Columbus. And, oh, my God, that shit show in Vancouver was just, what a nightmare. The brawl, I mean, uh, with, uh, I think, Hartley from Calgary. I mean, that was just unbelievable because, you, you know, you look at it from here and you go, there's no way you'd want to be, you'd, you don't want your team to go through that. You know, we had a, a pretty solid run with Torts, and I think we all love them and respect them because, you know, they were the, the Rangers were a hard and tough team to play against. And uh, obviously he moves on, and you see him, you know, I give him so much credit for what he's done in Columbus because he's done a lot of it without a lot of talent. I mean, he's, he's had a lot of changes uh, on that roster for, for a couple of seasons since he came in. And, and I know he had to kind of walk on eggshells that first season he came back. J.D. gave him that second chance. Uh, as far as handling himself too, but you know that that's gone now. But he's earned his stripes. He's won a Stanley Cup, you know, and now he's got a a, a young team. Now they're they're getting younger uh, in Columbus too, and and uh, they've got a lot of potential. And we'll see what happens. But getting back to Quinn, I think he has it. I mean, come on, he's a he's a thick headed Irishman, man. <laughs> he's, he's yeah, bound- I wonder if. I wonder if you'll see more of that now that he's going into like his third year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Feels a little man. more comfortable. Yeah, maybe maybe once he starts getting a little bit on the uh, the hot seat too, he gets a little ornery in those yeah. uh, press conferences. <laughs> he's uh, feeling a little pressure, loses it a little bit on the media as they're That's asking it. him the tough questions. That's what we want, man. Yeah, that. I mean, I gotta tell you. I, I couldn't wait for the games to be over just to just to wait to see what towards <laughs> how he would react because you knew if it was a tough loss, you're like, oh my god, he's gonna lose his mind tonight. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think he ever disappointed. Like I, when you were like, oh man, it's gonna get crazy. He always, he, you know, he always fulfilled it. So <laughs> you know, I that that whole run there with him and that team, and you got the especially when you had the HBO like the behind the scenes stuff. He had that one great locker room speech i think it was in the middle of like the st louis game where the team was playing like crap and he just went off on the team it was amazing i've actually seen a couple of uh ranger fans post that on social media from time to time you know if anybody you know looks it up uh you know it's a great so you get you fired up you're like you're ready to run through a brick wall and yeah i'm like can we bring this guy back and you know <laughs> he's just screaming at the team it's awesome um but yeah, I like. That. I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more of that from from Quinn every once in a while. So to lose it, I gotta I gotta try and get my uh, NHL creds back, you know, and I'll see if I can get get in there and uh, maybe like game seven or eight in the season, and I'll I'll raise my hand at the press. I'll go, hey, Coach Quinn, yeah, Paulie from uh, Go Rangers Radio. Uh, don't you think it's time to put Georgiev in now to stop the bleeding? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> 
What what would, what did Torch say? Didn't Torch say something like Pat? What was it Pat Leonard? He's like, stop coaching Pat or something like that. Yeah. That was like a, a classic line that he said. I I think that that Pat what was he at the Daily News? I think he he. I saw Ranger fans tweet that to him every time he tweeted something out about what the Rangers should be doing. Like he would get Ranger fans tweeting him, "Stop coaching Pat," for like years. <laughs> Because Torch said that to him during a press conference. It was, like, amazing. Awesome. So, so funny. So awesome funny. Stuff, man. I don't know well, how I don't know how I got on this Torch tangent, but it's good, it's good to reminisce about him. <laughs> well, we were talking about if, if Quinzac got that potential, you know? Yeah. If, if it's in, in there. Oh, and I think actually, we were talking about Larry Brooks and getting beaten up, beaten up at the bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you know that Larry blocks me on, on Twitter? Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. What did you say to him? Did you tell him to stop coaching? <laughs> I don't know. I must have. Yeah, I was complaining about about something that he said that that it, there's no way it would be true. Probably, like I said before, you said that uh, you know the Rangers were going to walk away from him, and I said they'll probably sign him because Larry's saying it. I probably said something like that. Do you know I'm one of the few lucky ones who's actually had Larry Brooks on his radio show because Larry really rarely ever does interviews. Obviously, he's doing the podcast now at the Post with. Uh, with uh, you know, Ronnie Ron. and stuff. Yeah, but um, I have to. I have it archived. I got to bring it up. I'll take a listen to it. Maybe um, maybe maybe there's something in there that I can kind of bring up. But yeah, I mean, I had Larry on. Larry was great, man. And um, I think I remember. Yeah, you know what we were talking about? It was around the time when um, people were calling for uh, Vigneault's head. You know, the change and stuff like that. So I got to listen to it. But um, I got to bring that up. I was, you know, Larry was great. I just hit him up, and he's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll come on." And uh, we had a pretty good conversation. It was pretty cool. I found out he's... He uh, actually did. I, I give Larry a, a hard time some uh, sometimes. Uh, but he is he's definitely dialed in and has been dialed in. I don't yeah. know if he's so, as dialed in as he used to be, but what's going on, you know, within the walls of Madison Square Garden as far as the Rangers Larry's go. Larry's old school, man. He's the, he's the yeah. Barney Miller. Of the New York Rangers, man, you know, as far as covering them, man, I, 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 I like Larry because uh, he tells. Yeah, he like usually he He's always has the, the inside the inside scoop on on what's going on and what. Yeah, he misses on some stuff. He's but... no Delory at the NY Ranger blog. Yeah, that's right. Well, that that's old school. I, I, I had so many connections inside the organization, <laughs> <laughs> and by so many, I mean zero. <laughs> Well, that's why you were so good, KD, because you didn't need that's anybody else. That's All they needed that's was right. you. I, I definitely never went with the, and I, I see blogs do it, like, oh, I got connections. My sources tell me. I'd always be like, oh. I have no sources. I'm completely <laughs> speculating and making this up right now. And getting drunk while doing it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, forget it. That, forget it. I used to wake up the next morning. I'd be like, I wrote something last night. Oh, yeah, your post games. Well, we might have to bring up. We have to hit the uh, KD archives and, and read a couple of post game uh, KD blogs. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Good times, man. Good times. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Let's wrap this one up. Another good show. Six in a row. And we'll go for Lucky Seven next week. And uh, again, we can't thank uh, everybody enough for tuning in, as always. Uh, we appreciate the support so much, and thanks for doing Ask KD last week, and we'll bring that back soon. But until then, thanks so much for listening, and uh, good night from me, Polly Pop, and KD, as always, please say good night to the folks.
Good night, folks. And as always, let's go, Rangers!